This is an RNZ podcast. Kia ora, good evening. Relax and grab a beer. That's the advice from Steve Hansen to an expectant nation ahead of the All Blacks' attempt to win a third straight Rugby World Cup. That was News Hub at 6 last Thursday on the eve of the Rugby World Cup in Japan kicking off. And grabbing a cold one was indeed the relaxing advice from the chilled out All Blacks coach. You're looking relaxed. What's a tip for all of New Zealand who are sitting back there feeling very anxious? Uh, We'll just grab a beer and just understand that the boys are training really well. Um, We've got a good plan that we want to put in place and... uh, that they can't really control anything we do, so there's no point in them worrying about it. Just enjoy it for what it's going to be, a great tournament and, and a great game. But meanwhile, some viewers back home were stressing out about watching his players live on the internet for the first time from Spark, famous for phones and internet connections, but fairly new at live sport. For the first time, the live coverage of the Rugby World Cup is mainly available online via an app for subscribers, with some key games screened live or delayed by TVNZ as well. And on the AM show the next day, the programme's guests shared their stories of trying and failing to hook up their parents' PCs to the big screen. But on News Talk ZB at the same time, Mike Hosking was upbeat in his Mark the Week slot. Spark Sports 7. Let's be optimistic. And let's say this will go like a dream. Let's say there will not be a complaint. The pictures will be brilliant. The coverage faultless. And we all gather on Monday. Happy campers. But in recent months, Mike Hosking has been one of the loudest voices piling the pressure on Spark to get it right and amplifying the fears they might not, as we'll hear. Now, as it happened, not every Spark Sport customer was a happy camper once push came to shove in Japan this weekend. The opening ceremony and opening match on Friday night seemed to go okay, though the news media website scraped up whatever social media gripes they could find in order to turn them into stories. But when the big numbers logged on for the All Blacks against South Africa last night, users all over the country reported a suboptimal streaming experience. Glitching, freezing, buffering and delays, sudden slumps in picture quality, and even that infuriating blank slate on the screen asking them to please try again later. Words many felt that Spark itself should have taken on board for its whole Rugby World Cup experiment. Well, Spark had senior executives, including Chief Executive Jolie Hodson, on social media duty during the game, initially insisting there were no systemic problems, only issues limited to a tiny fraction of customers. But by half-time, they'd thrown in the towel and went for the fallback plan, switching the live coverage to TVNZ's Duke channel, where it was free for all. Now that guaranteed that the headlines today would be all about annoying their paying customers. And it was also a bit of a bummer for those in the middle of the movie on Duke, John Carpenter's movie Ghosts of Mars. Mind you, even in that, not everything goes to plan either. You got a plan B? Yeah, it's the same as plan A. You got any fresh ideas? Yeah, what we should have done in the first place. The media have been sounding the alarm about Spark streaming the Rugby World Cup for months, partly because of another World Cup streaming fail across the Tasman about a year ago. They keep saying we'll watch everything online in the future, but that hasn't gone so well for football fans planning to watch the World Cup in Australia. Telco Optus has the exclusive rights, but its streaming service has stopped working and has had to ask a TV channel to show the games. At the time, the media here seized on the possibility of that happening to Spark this year. 
But at that point, it wasn't clear exactly how Spark would deliver the Rugby World Cup, though soon after that, they launched the app Spark Sport. Now, Spark picked a US-based sports streaming platform provider called iStream Planet for this, which has done the Olympics, the NBA and Formula One in the past. When iStream Planet failed to live stream the women's black sticks hockey game against Australia on Anzac Day, Spark said human error in the US was the problem, not the technology. But their hockey problem turned into a Mike Hosking problem when the technology stalled again at the grid for the Formula One season opener soon after. Hosking. 724, so Spark, the future in some respects of how we view sport or an increasing amount of it, isn't ready this weekend for Formula One. They bought the rights, but they can't deliver the way they want it. Their app is out. It doesn't work. That time, Mike Hosking summed up the Rugby World Cup consumer challenge like this. The whole experiment starts off with the hard yards of dragging a rugby mad nation across the technological line and into a world we didn't necessarily ask to be in. So we have a room full of doubters. Mike Hosking was right about all that, especially the grumpy technophobe's response, and he said that he hoped Spark would succeed with the Rugby World Cup, but then heaped the pressure on them like this. They simply have to have it spot on. The clock is ticking... And week one, when the light went green, they stalled the engine. Now that was back in April. Since then, Spark has added the English Premier League football to its roster with a rather off-putting ad blitz for that. The football zone! The football zone! It's on demand! It's on demand! The football's live and on demand! We got the games, the shows... But the media then seized on occasional glitches in the football coverage as well. The live stream was affected for the Newcastle United <clears throat> Watford match. There were technical glitches during a Manchester United and Southampton game when the scum drew with the Saints. And the highlight packages for the eight games played on Sunday morning were late. Then when they did arrive, they had no audio. Not good. But Sparks' Jeff Latch was pretty bullish when News Talk ZB's Andrew Dickens asked him this. On a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being completely confident, 1 being scared, witless. How are you feeling about your service during the Rugby World Cup? A 10. Since then, Spark has launched a massive ad and PR campaign for its Rugby World Cup tournament pass. And with kickoff looming, articles ran across the media explaining just how to get it on the screen. And Spark is even now sponsoring a news show on News Talk ZB. It's Heather Duplessis Allen Drive with Spark Sport, official broadcaster of Rugby World Cup 2019. Not so much coverage of Spark's streaming problems on that show, strangely. But last week on News Talk ZB, Mike Hosking was still not happy. It's sort of not their fault that too many of us don't have a clue, but, and this is the critical corporate issue, it is their problem. And the media go nuts because everyone loves to rain on trouble, and when you read about the trouble, because let's be honest, the chances of you actually watching the sport that went wrong was negligible, you then panicked and maybe got angry again. They're cocking up my sport. How can they do this, you ask yourself? Well, that's on Spark. If there was anger at the concept, wait till you see the anger if they can't deliver. The same day on News Talk ZB, rural show The Country was stressed about suboptimal rural broadband. For rural New Zealand, this is an accident waiting to happen, but I hope I'm wrong. Also that same day, Jesse Mulligan on the Project on 3 said this would be the first World Cup where Kiwis were more worried about watching it than winning it. But just two days earlier, Spark Sport had had a soft launch, streaming a Japan versus South Africa game from Japan. And that night, Stuff reported that all went well. It felt just like thousands of other games I've watched over the years, its reporter said. But that wasn't mentioned the next day in Stuff's Sunday Star Times under the headline, Are We Heading for a Spark Sport Rugby Coverage Debacle? The new technology columnist for the paper, David Court, wrote this. 
I see little reason to be confident that it will deliver the high-end service its price ought to provide. Now, he didn't say why, but he did say he was very suspicious that the former Spark chief executive Simon Muta had stepped down before the Rugby World Cup, and he made this strange comparison. Former UK Prime Minister David Cameron did a similar thing after leading the country into the nightmare that is Brexit. And just take a look at how that's going over there. But while he was the only journalist to invoke Brexit in all this, David Court wasn't the only one lacking confidence. A survey of 1,250 New Zealanders commissioned by a broadband comparison service made headlines last week when it found that 57% of them felt negative about streaming the World Cup. Now, it's not clear what that really means, if anything, but the media seized on it and this finding. Of the negative respondents, 31% said they were annoyed, 16% were angry and 8% were devastated. Well, sadly, gutted was not one of the survey's options, but that prompted RNZ to call Sparks Jeff Latch and ask him this. In this particular survey that we're talking about, it says that just 11% of people who are planning on watching the World Cup say that they're extremely confident that it's going to go well on Spark Sport. So what can you say to the remaining 89% of people who aren't confident that you're going to deliver? I can say to them that we at Spark Sport are really confident that we are going to deliver a terrific Rugby World Cup experience. Well, he would say that, wouldn't he? But what the media didn't do much of was actually examine the upgrades and the tweaks that Spark has made in recent months to make it much more likely that streaming will work for the majority of people who try it. In a presentation for the Telecom Users Association of New Zealand in August, Spark Sport boss David Chalmers gave a pretty detailed breakdown of that, though not much of it made it into the media. And he also pointed out that after the embarrassing Floptus episode, where the streaming of the Football World Cup last year in Australia didn't work, Optus has actually recovered rather well. It's now successfully streaming English and European football to a growing number of presumably satisfied customers across the ditch one year later. Now, to do that, Optus had to outbid the dominant pay TV player across the ditch, Fox Sports, which is roughly the equivalent of Sky Sports here for the rights. But the Opinion Compare company last week concluded that the main message of its survey here was this. When it comes to watching the All Blacks in the Rugby World Cup, the message is clear. If it isn't broke, don't fix it. Now that's hardly a surprising finding when the media have amplified people's fears that streaming would be complicated and unreliable. But for those who are not paying a premium to Sky TV to see the All Blacks play live outside the Rugby World Cup every four years, the system is broke. Sky needs the All Blacks more than Spark and is reportedly preparing a huge bid to hold on to the rights for All Black and Super Rugby because locking those in is still critical to a business model that's still based on hundreds of thousands of people paying a lot for bundles of other channels they might not want. And this points to the fact that the big picture here is not snag-free streaming of the Rugby World Cup, but choice in live sport on screen into the future.